Good morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Craig. Good morning. And Susie. Hello. And a kitty cat. Who's not going to speak. She's not going to say anything. No email or feedback this week. Oh, well, something someone did point out to us, that this is our 50th episode. Woohoo! Give me that was you pointing it out to us. No, no, someone posted on Facebook. Oh, okay. Where's the champagne? Or the cake. Or the cake. No one made any cake for us. Which is a shame, but there you go. Right. So yeah, nearly a full year's worth of episodes compared to other <laughs> podcasts. And it's taken us how many years? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we started in the, we recorded our first episode at the end of two thousand nine, and we released it in I think January of two thousand ten. Off the top of my head, if anyone wants to fact check that and tell me I'm wrong, that's fine. But okay. that's why I, why I remember it. Um, yeah, and we had a few pauses where we didn't do any podcasts for a while, so that's why we're so far behind. Right. And when did I join? When did I take Ooh, over? I don't know. About Gosh. three episodes in. <laughs> yeah, three or four episodes. It was not the episode after we interviewed you, but like the one after that or something, right. off the top of my head. Not that I remember anything. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> Moving on to Notice Board and the New Zealand Skeptics Conference 2015. Will be happening before this next week. podcast Woo! comes out. No, not necessarily. No. Okay, sorry. Um, oh, was that Nathan too Nathan has been very um, Diligent and speedy and <laughs> awesome and good looking. <laughs> we have to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. So uh, next weekend, yeah. Next weekend. I won't be there because I haven't got any money. So Craig will be there and Susie will be there. You'll be there. Yes. I will. And yep. Stephen will be there and Evie will be there. Yep. No cats though. No. Unless someone's bought their cats. own cats. <laughs> um and you'll be interviewing some of the speakers. <laughs> we will try to do that. And yes. maybe do a live podcast. Maybe. Have they scheduled that in? No. Are we? It seems like something we should have tried to do before now. I'm wondering whether subconsciously or consciously we're afraid that just no one would show up, <laughs> and so we haven't sort of pushed it through well, to make I it show happen. Up for it. Well, other than <laughs> other than us, yes. All oh, right. Um, okay. You mean an audience? Yes. Okay. Mm. So maybe in the next next year, or where's where's it? If it's back in Auckland again, especially. No, it's can... probably not going to be back in Auckland because so it was in Auckland last year. All right, so probably Wellington so, then. Who knows? Any we'll rate. find out next weekend. We should try and... Um... Who's foolish enough to volunteer to take it on? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need at least a few years off. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so that's coming up. Any other notice board items, things coming up? Susie? Um... Talks and stuff? You were advertising something on Facebook the other day, weren't you? Which yeah. is done. Susie's oh, is always done? talking okay. everywhere. Exactly. Okay. It's all done now. Thank you. All right, <laughs> moving on to the main section, which is news. Anyway, first news on. item: specialist shampoo does not slow color fade. Now, I haven't read this yet, and you guys are going to explain this to me. But is this shall something? I, sh- is this something I... that somebody believes? Well, no, okay. No. Shall I? Shall I do this one uh, well, as you, the qualified could, expert you, in the you room? Could do. But uh, there is a comment I would like to make. All right. Okay. I've been shampooing my hair all these years, and it's going grey. So obviously, I'm using <laughs> the wrong shampoo. <laughs> You're doing better than me. So I'm not sure whether you're aware, Nathan. Okay. But in the aisle where all of the things like shampoos and stuff are. I know where that is, roughly. 
all yeah. right there's a vast array of them right and and they have them you know for limp hair <laughs> and they have them for um i don't know dull and dry normal hair, hair or greasy normal or... hair greasy hair and then right. they have a whole section for colored hair i did not know that right okay. they and the idea is that this this is supposed to there's a whole heap of them and they're supposed to um slow down the fade of dye you know the color fade of dyed hair oh, and protect it from uv light from fading through to uv i see so this is is kind of awesome i'm really pleased about this um obviously as somebody who has uh who does use these products although i don't think they <laughs> i've always do, been under the impression they don't actually do very much do you dye your hair <gasps> can you not see my it's roots not naturally a pink color i used to have the most fantastic shampoo that i firmly believe worked because it basically had dye in it right it was a l'oreal product that, <laughs> that was makes bright sense. red yeah. when you used it you ended up with red fingers and so stuff. it added it, red to your hair every time, every time. You use yeah. It. yeah and then several years ago the eu banned a whole heap of stuff and then suddenly the shampoo was <laughs> no longer yeah exactly <laughs> and then suddenly the shampoo was no longer available so i have spent the last many years trying to find something that was as good as that and not found anything okay. anyway so this is from um consumer um the magazine yeah the new, new zealand, zealand magazine and uh, what they decided to do was put 20 through 23 shampoos for colored hair to the test this is very this cool I have to. There's 23 di different kinds of shampoo, oh, and this is just for the the dyed These ones. These are just the dyed ones. Jesus, and they Christ. vary in price from uh, so that's done per hundred mils from one dollar thirty three, which is Trisme, uh, all the way up to fourteen dollars forty per hundred mils. Jesus Christ! For SP System Professional. Um, right, so what they do is they, they took Which, all of these different brands, mm. so it includes um, EcoStore, L'Oreal, Dove, you name it, they're pretty much all here. Um, they tested those, they tested water, they tested a baby, like a one for babies, uh, and then just a normal one. And they, um, so they sent them to a lab, apparently an independent lab, um, which used samples of blonde human hair that were dyed using three commercial red hair dyes. To uh, test the effect of washing, each hair sample was washed 12 times with each shampoo or water. Um, and then they measured the color intensity using a spectrophotometer before and after washing. <laughs> this is just so cool. They like science the shit out of this. I okay. love it. Yeah. Um, then what they did is they, because, because of all these claims about protection from UV exposure, they um, exposed the hair samples to the equivalent of six weeks summer daylight and then tested the color intensity before and after. So they've basically nice. uh, exposed it to UV, they've washed it, and then they've looked at these things. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, to see the actual results, you have to be a member. I think well, I might have to read this. I am this. a member. Oh, are you? Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. So what, like, send them to me. What, what, oh, what, what oh, were the results? Oh, okay. I mean, basically, right, well, the, so the so the Herald so the Herald has um has run the piece because obviously the the results are that they don't they don't work. Yes, it, it said none perform better than using just water to retain color. Um, so they were testing obviously for water, for color retention and not for the ability to clean your hair. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So, yeah, well, so I've got, a, I've got a picture here of the okay. of the um here after how many times 12 times okay 
There we go. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, yeah. See? Yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. Is that the same one? Do they have the data like for what the re readings were before and after oh. each thing? Well, That's what I want to see. Oh, right. This okay. is consumer well, they do have all the prices like and journal. stuff. And, Probably not. Um, but they should be publishing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've, they've got no, the, they've got the sizes you. and the... Um, the cost per 100 mils. Yeah, that's stuff. what they had in. Yeah, so. That's what was available. And that says, to see our results, click here. And then all you've got is a picture with some hair on it. Right. Oh, my God. If I had paid $99 to subscribe just for that, I'd have been really pissed off. $99? Yeah, for a year's subscription. For a consumer magazine. Yeah. That, no, that's month. not for the magazine. That's for the online thing. Yeah, online access. It's, I think it's $28 a quarter or something. So that's quite good because it gives you um, no, it's comparisons. Not. It's terrible. Yeah. Who's going to pay that? No, for the but money? I would. I, well, no, I do. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's like, well, it's like ten bucks a month, less than ten dollars a month. Okay. Anyway, all right. Anyway, so um, it, it's intriguing though that they talked about washing your hair with water. I wouldn't have thought that would actually do very much good, except just get dust out. Of that's it. why I was asking. It's, yeah, it's not about cleaning your hair; it's about the color retention. Yeah. And how uh, would the UV protection work anyway? I mean, surely we have to somehow impregnate the hair. Or well, when, and that's what the, you know, they, when they show you the fancy um, animations that oh, it does, right. it shows you it's getting inside. And it's, it's just oh, all in of the, those in things. In the mind really of the animator. Me. Yeah, all of those <laughs> right. sorts of things irritate me. Yeah. It's really nice to see them do this way, but I'd love to see them actually publish the data. Hmm. Um, well, send them an email. Anyway, so they, they can... said. Um, Test found that even the expensive brands did not perform better than lesser priced products, and so people are advised to just um, choose based on price rather than brand. Or not buy any of them at all and just buy regular shampoo. Surely that's the actual conclusion. Uh, not yes. to buy the special yeah. shampoo mm. by price. Yeah. Mm. It's just like the. Um, all the different painkillers that have mm, um, say exactly the same. <laughs> say for what they are yeah. specifically for, when actually they're that exactly the same, the same thing. thing. Although with painkillers, you could expect there to be a placebo response as well. So paying more for a painkiller would give you a better painkiller. Sure, but what I'm saying is you have a painkiller for period yeah, pain yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, for yeah. back pain. But surely that whatever. could do the same thing, right? Well, maybe could, you could you could try them side by side, and if you think it's better. For, for the particular pain. sort of pain that you're yeah, suffering, that right. could work maybe, better. Maybe. Whereas the, sh the shampoo, no. Sure. Probably not. Also, okay. We're done. So, you'll be changing your, your shampoo that you purchase? We'll no longer purchase shampoos that are specifically for colour. <laughs> um, but, but I don't know. I'll have to try, try some other ones out. Okay. See, I just buy whatever's the cheapest. Well, yes. That's why your hair's like it is, Nathan. <laughs> oh, my hair. My hair's fine. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Cooking oil and cancer. Susie. Yeah. Overheating the oil gives you cancer. Well. Well, not even necessarily not, overheating. Okay. But... So there was an article in The Telegraph this week or last week that said, so this, that said leading scientists say cooking with vegetable oils releases toxic chemicals linked to cancer and other diseases and they're recommending frying your food in olive oil coconut oil butter or even lard yay so what the, i'm going to quote from here it says the results of a series of experiments threatened to turn on its head official advice that oils rich in polyunsaturated fats such as corn oil and sunflower oil are better for the health than saturated fats in animal products um and it quotes uh this guy called martin 
Rutfeldt, a professor of bioanalytical chemistry and chemical pathology, saying his research showed typical meal of fish and chips, fried vegetable oil, contained as much as 100 to 200 times more toxic aldehydes than the safe daily limit set by the World Health Organization. Okay. It seems like that's so, the sort of thing someone would have noticed by now. Well. If it were true. Yeah. So I went and looked for the man, Martin, um, and his papers. Right. Uh, which, of course, I can do because I know how to do this stuff. So the first thing I went on to was PubMed, um, which is the database of all the published, kind of certainly medical and biological stuff, and found diddly squat. <laughs> what ah. I did found was a bunch of papers to do with whitening toothpastes. By the sky. By the sky. Okay. Nothing really to do, not, in fact, nothing um, to do with this. And their effect on cancer? Or I, no. Just... No, it was just, I can't even remember what it was. Oh, okay. But something to do with whitening toothpaste. Like... Maybe what is what's in them or something. Okay, anyway, right. I found his uni web page, and on his uni web page. So all nowadays, what they make us do is they have this kind of thing where you have to put some of your publications up on the university web page. Oh, okay. And so he has a paper listed from two thousand and fourteen, um, which is called "Detection, Monitoring, and Deleterious Health Effects of Lipid Oxidation Products Generated in Culinary Oils During Thermal Stressing Episodes." That sounds like what which they're talking basically about. sounds like what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. Why did that not turn up in the thing? So I went and had a look uh, where it is. Um, and it's uh, published by the American Oil Chemist Society, who do publish a journal, funny enough, okay. the Journal of the American Oil Chemist Society. But it's not in their journal. It's in their magazine for uh, uh, their members. Right. So it's not peer-reviewed. So uh, this guy wrote the paper and yeah. had it turned down. And so he stuck Possibly. it on his website instead, so no, that no, people so would it's, read no, it. No, so it's no, you can't even read it on the web page. Oh, you can't. It's just it's a just, link. To it's it. just linked on his web page as being one of his published papers. Oh, but I it's see. not actually published in a journal, a peer-reviewed right. journal. Yep. It's published in a society magazine exactly. for its members. Okay. Right. Um, so that's kind of important because the fact that it's not been through peer review means we actually have no idea whether his methods or anything sure. were any good. What I did find, though was a press release about an episode for a BBC show called Trust Me, I'm a Doctor, in which he helped investigate which were the healthiest oils to cook with uh, for this TV show. And so what it says on the press release is that volunteers, we have no idea how many, were given sunflower oil, vegetable oil, corn oil, cold-pressed rapeseed oil, olive oil, butter, goose fat and lard, and asked to use them in everyday cooking. They then collected any leftover oil, and these were sent to this guy's labs for analysis. Leftover after having been heated. Yes. Right. Um, and then he basically looked what was in them, and he says he found that sunflower oil and corn oil produced aldehydes at levels 20 times higher than recommended by the World Health Organization, which is not the... Um, what did he say in his in the in the thing? It was two hundred times more toxic yeah. the levels. But anyway, um, and yeah, so that so that's what's been done. This is the what's left in the oils after you finish cooking with them. There's no that no way says that that's what actually goes into people's bodies. Even you know even if it does produce aldehydes, which maybe it does, are it's they actually? Even... It's not even necessarily the oils. It's the, it could have been the food that was cooked in the oil, couldn't well, it? Well, again, we have no idea what whether each, presumably each person did different cooking with it. Yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, anyway, the the there's no science here at no. all. Okay. Um, but it became a uh, you know hmm. expert says. That's just like so. With the with the World Health Organization levels exceeded, I mean, surely that you have to consume a certain amount yeah. of these that you wouldn't yeah. necessarily consume. I mean, you're not, by, you're not consuming. That's the leftover yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, it's the leftover oil. Um, and right. also, so 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 it does point to, okay, this is kind of interesting and requires further study. The way to find out whether it's associated with cancer, though, is to look at large groups of people over long periods of time yeah. and see with those who use particular kinds of oils, do they yeah. have increased right. rates of cancer? And if they do, how much of an increased rate of cancer? Exactly. Like, do you only get one extra person or do you get, like, a thousand extra people? And there's no that that's completely missing from this, mm. other than a you need to all change your oils. And it's unclear to me whether there was anybody, uh, you know, like is he paid by the <laughs> the Lard Foundation or something? I don't know. Um, anyway, there you go. So I wouldn't call him an expert. He, from his published literature, not does not have scientist. is not a leading scientist. Does not have expertise in this field. Um, but he did he did go and do on something a for a TV show. show. Right. <laughs> But it makes a good claim to put in a paper mm, to make people panic about yeah. the way they're cooking. It's worth noting yeah. as well that the link you've got here takes us to this stuff, which is what New Zealand Herald and whatnot. Mm. Yes. Oh, no, it's not New Zealand. It was everything other than New mm. Zealand Herald. Uh, and it's in the lifestyle. Of course it is. Section well, of that's the where magazine, cooking so. goes. Anyway, okay. So there is a new law that's about to be passed governing. Let me read this off. Um, property rights for outer space. And the reason I threw this in just really quickly to tell you what's going on is because we had a chat about it a few months ago when we were talking about who should own things in outer space and yeah. piracy and all that sort of stuff. And it's interesting that, and this is literally what it says at the top of the article, asteroid mining companies have touted a proposed federal law on Wednesday that establishes property rights for outer space. And the first amazing thing in that sentence is the fact that there are asteroid mining companies already. (laughs) Or at least companies that intend, presumably, to mine asteroids. So it's it's been passed by both congressional houses. This is in America, obviously. What does that mean for for other countries? Uh, Very little, I imagine. Um, (laughs) I think it depends upon whoever gets there first. However, it could be used not as a legal precedent, Mm. but as a guideline precedent. Well, this is what America's doing. Let's have a look at it, see if it's a good idea, and other countries may adopt a similar Mm. similar law. I am not a lawyer, so I don't know how any of that works. Um, So, yes, in America, and uh, just passed both congressional houses on Tuesday and awaits the president's approval. So that's, as far as I can tell, about the last step. Here we go. Planetary Resources, the asteroid mining company. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Are Um, they actually doing anything? (laughs) Or is it just this company that's been set up for uh, some potential future? Overview. Well, obviously it's not doing anything. I think we'd know if they were actually mining asteroids right now. You know the other amazing thing about this story? What's that? It's actually a follow-up on a previous thing that we've talked about. <gasps> I didn't think about that. Oh, sorry, everybody. Broken the, um, broken the pattern. I don't think we promised to follow up on it, though, so oh, it's probably right. okay. The white man juju is strong in this company. Right. Really? Yes. Okay. Because only white men can mine asteroids. Clearly. Although, if you were being cynical, you'd say it's probably the white men that are running the company. 
the people that are doing the mining possibly oh well i'm imagining <laughs> there is no mining yet yes um, anyway don't use robots i'm sure so we've got somebody the co-founder is uh, well known for pioneering the development of space tourism He's chairman of Space Adventures okay. and has sold over half a billion dollars in spaceflight missions. Okay. <laughs> How many have private actually... citizens who have visited the International Space Station. Uh, right. right. Okay. Uh, Low Earth orbit. Yes. Quite unquote. It's <laughs> not, not really space. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Who's this one? He's doctor, it looks like. Uh, well, there is a, there's a deepspaceindustries.com. Anyway. Hmm. We can put some links to some of these companies and we're going to have a look if they this, really want this, to know anymore. This guy, the other co-founder, is also co-founder and vice chairman of the Human Longevity Inc., mm. a genomics and cell therapy-based diagnostic and therapeutic company focusing on extending the healthy human lifespan. Right. So the obvious questions that arise from this are other countries' rights and so forth and the scepticism of whether the practice of asteroid mining is actually possible, which... I think it's possibly taking it a little bit far. I think what they mean is actually whether it's possible now or in the near future. I think it's pretty trivial to say that you could mine an asteroid and get the material back to Earth or a or an orbiting station of some hmm. sort fairly easily. Interestingly, there's a company called deepspaceindustries.com and if you go to their careers page, they've actually listed three jobs that, for mining um, asteroids. For this asteroid mining: a systems engineer, electro electro optics systems engineer general, and an office manager. And they claim to have um, uh, offices in Mountain View, California, and Luxembourg City in Luxembourg. Wow. Okay. Um, well, there you go. There's a job opportunity for everyone <laughs> on there. Indeed. And they um, have they have finance and accounting, business development and sales, marketing and public relations, technology development and engineering R and D departments. Okay, here, yeah, but further down the article, <laughs> Redmond's Planetary Resources is one of at least two American companies proposing to mine asteroids for vital resources like water, um, which can then be used for envisaged envisioned space communities. Um, we anticipate being able to go out to an asteroid. Oh, so they have a prototyped satellite in space right now called Acroid 3 and another is scheduled for next year. We anticipate being able to go out to an asteroid before the end of the decade and find the first water resource in the solar system. And they're backed by large investors including Virgin's Richard Branson and Google's Eric Schmidt and Larry Page. So hmm, uh, obviously they think there's something to it. And like I say, I think inevitably, eventually, we're going to end up mining asteroids. Um, but I suspect it's probably not in the next five to ten years. No. Per se. All right, next thing is Victoria's Secret Perfume acts as a mosquito repellent. Hmm. I, I don't know we where to go seen this. with jokes in this Try. headline. No, I've got nothing. Okay, so this is making the rounds a bit. Um and it's based on a paper that's just been published in the Journal of Insect Science. Um, So what they did was the group of researchers compared eight commercially available mosquito repellents, two perfumes, and a vitamin B patch, which is also sold as a repellent, um, to basically see which one of them, which of them actually repelled mosquitoes. So the test they used is not the most brilliant test, 
the ba- the best test for doing mosquito repellent stuff is to put your hand in a box that has mosquitoes in it and then see how many of them land and bite. That's not what they did. They had something that looked like a sort of Y-shaped kind of tube um, where the person had their um, hand with the product on kind of over one bit of the tube and then the ha- the other hand with no product and a latex glove on the other bit and then they kind of have air flowing down from those things and then they have mosquitoes in the y in the bottom of the y in a holding chamber and then they release them and then they see which chamber they go up and then they monitor the number of mosquitoes moving each chamber they're going away from the smell versus yeah well whether they yeah whether they go into the non-smelly one or the smelly one or whether they hang around the bottom bottom right so they looked at products um so it's kind of it's it's interesting it's worth kind of noting the products that they looked at so they the first product is a very uh a very strong um uh, it's got a very strong percentage of deet very high percentage of deet that so this is the actual repellent that does repel mosquitoes um which is estimated to protect you or the claim is it'll protect you for 10 hours and then they had two ones with much lower concentrations of deet that didn't say anything about how long they would um, protect you from they had a natural repellent that has um, some kind of uh, like, you know, um, some kind of um, plant essential oil um, that claims that it can pro- provide two hours of protection. Another one, EcoSmart, that again said it could provide two hours of protection. Um, another one that said it could provide six hours. Um, and then these other ones who, yeah, some more that said two. And then the, the skin patch, the vitamin B skin patch, claims it will protect you for 36 hours. Uh, and then they used basically Avon bath oil and Victoria's Secret bombshell. All right. So why did they why did they think to choose a perfume? perfume. Uh, so the um, so the so what the theory behind using perfume is that actually uh, mosquitoes. The claim is that mosquitoes are attracted to scents like flowers and stuff oh i see because okay. of fruity fruity things stuff. and yeah. so they were like we'll we'll try this fruity florally right. um apparently the insect people go yeah that's bullshit they, they, right right that's bullshit. but anyway um so what they did was they they gave, gave the mosquitoes 30 seconds to acclimatize in their little holding chamber then they exposed them um, exposing them to the smells um, and then they open the trap door and then they've got two minutes to decide where they're going to go and whether they're going to go up one arm or the other. And then after two minutes, they've got... So obviously there's traps kind of in each of these things. Then after two minutes, they trap... They close all the trap doors again and then they count where the mosquitoes are. Whether well, they stayed in the very, holding very port. very, very complicated where you could just do what you described originally and well, stick your arm in a box. That requires you to stick your arm in a box yeah, and be get bitten, bitten by, by mosquitoes. mosquitoes. No thanks. <laughs> okay. So... Okay, and then they, I'm not sure they said how many replicates they did, but they basically said um, 20 mosquitoes were in the holding chamber every time they did it. And then they looked at, at it over a four-hour time period. So um, so this is four hours after the thing's been applied. I presume the person didn't sit with their hand the whole four hours. I presume they kind of went away and then came back. And, and there is a little bit that said it was one person who had been determined in preliminary tests to be the basically the most attractive to the mosquitoes so that was quite funny um so they looked at it zero minutes after applying 30 minutes 120 minutes and then and then 240 minutes so half an hour two hours four hours okay so the data so basically um i think this is percentage of mosquitoes that were 
um, that went towards the treatment. So in the control, so basically the with, with no scent, with, with no um, thing on it, the control hand, 61% of the mosquitoes went up there. Uh, initially, uh, and this kind of stayed the same over time, um, with the repellent with the highest amount of DEET, only 10% went up compared to control. Versus, so that was 10 versus 60 and then over four hours that was that went up to 14 percent so so, so it, it stayed active cool. mm -hmm. um the natural repellent didn't work at all same uh, as control what a surprise eco smart repellent that worked initially but then within half an hour basically didn't really work um the but the thing they were surprised by was the victoria secret bombshell which um, for the first two hours uh, was around 20% versus the 60% for the control. Oh. So they were surprised by this because that so was not a, what they were expecting. That's a reasonably significant drop. It's statistically significant. Cool. So they were, and they were, of course, were expecting them to be attracted. Uh, what they did find was that the mosquito skin patch, which is supposed the to protect for 36 hours. Vitamin one. The vitamin one, no effect whatsoever. Right. What a surprise. Yes. I don't even know why you'd think that, that would work. Mosquitoes are supposed to not like vitamins or something. It's supposed, yeah, supposed to change your scent or something. Uh, okay. Anyway. Well, some people do tend to get bitten more than others, don't yes. they? I hardly ever get bitten by mosquitoes. Like See, that's them. something they should be studying. Yeah. <laughs> people who don't do and people who don't. Yeah. Right. I don't know how much has been done about it. Anyway, there's a very cool um, Australian mozzie researcher at the University of Sydney called Cameron Webb who is Mozzie Bites on Twitter and very nice. And he uh, put up a little blog post basically talking about, you know, the methodology, which is essentially, this is what, how we do it. <laughs> right. Um, and, and saying it's really cool that they found the vitamin B patch didn't work because that's, that's well known. And so that should have been the story, yeah. you know, that right. this patch doesn't work, not that there's the perfume. And he says, actually, like so is this really what well, you know what does this mean for the perfume because that's you know everybody's been saying hey you can use this perfume um but it's still not as good as the actual it's not as good stuff. as the ones with the actual stuff right. um and actually it didn't work for a very long time and they used a lot of perfume ah. so five mils of perfume right. in a small area <laughs> and he said basically that would be more than you'd actually be able to stomach the smell of right and is almost 10 times as expensive yeah. as the actual insect right. repellent um, so basically, the fifty-two dollars a bottle for bait. Victoria's Secret. Yeah, yeah. So, so what would be really good would be to to say, hey, the skin patches don't work. Yeah. Not. Yeah. And the other and, one, and the, the, the and, and the natural ones actually yeah. are bloody useless too. What mm. you needed the deep ones in this particular test, which yeah. is basically what everyone else shows. So there you go. Good. Um, right. So, so this Victoria's Secret perfume repels mosquitoes, but does it repel barflies? <laughs> <laughs> And again, you only if you use a lot of it. Right. Yes. Right. Which, which in that case, it probably would. Okay. Next article: Homeopathy might be blacklisted in the UK, and I noticed the US were talking about it as well. Yes. Mm. So, um, so what does blacklisted mean? Are they actually going to? Oh, well, well yeah. it basically means that um, that doctors won't be able to prescribe it on the NHS. Cool. So, um, which is the funding provider? Yeah. So they won't be able to provide yeah. it for free. 
yeah. or for cheap so surprise surprise they're saying that homeopathy doesn't work huh. and um they regularly spend about four million pounds on it annually um and so they want to um uh, stop spending on that four million pounds is probably just a drop in the in the bucket of spending on NHS in the UK I but that doesn't thought. make it a small number though no it's still a lot of money no. you could be saving so anyway things. so um, yeah they're, they're talking about blacklisting it and basically saying that um, that when resources are constrained they should be um, uh, taking taking things that don't have any um, evidence of efficacy off yes so uh, I'm I just feel slightly problematic in that it would still be nice if a doctor could prescribe a placebo. Right. That's nothing to do with the homeopathy, though. No, you wanted to keep that as a separate issue. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you it's know, a different like issue. My, my grandmother has not been very well, and and it's mostly psychological, and she really just needs somebody to give her a pill. That right. doesn't do anything. That doesn't do anything. It's not going to do any harm, but will help her think she's getting better. Sure. Which I think we've talked about this before yeah. as well. It's it's the issue of of ethics, medical yeah. ethics, and consent, informed consent. The yeah. doctor has to say to you, "I'm giving you a pill that mm. does nothing," which might still work, but mm. wouldn't work as well as if you thought it did something. Mm. Mm. Can't couldn't she have medicinal jelly beans or something like that? <laughs> well, I did suggest I would. I, <laughs> I will admit that I suggested to my mother to go and get some homeopathic things that right. said, you know, for her complaint and said, just give it to her. Just like feed them to her yeah. because that will make her feel better. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't. Right. But it so was getting just... really sad. I mean, it, you know, she's in her 90s, was yeah. really struggling and there is nothing, there is nothing wrong with her other than the fact that, that she's, she's an old, old lady. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And part of her things are completely psychological. Yeah. You know, she's had every damn test in the thing and there is nothing there is nothing wrong with her. Right. Other than being old and yeah. and, and uh yeah. That's what um, happens to you when you get old. I know. Hmm. So that the FDA is um looking at it as well because uh the the regulations around homeopathy by the FDA are even laxer than um natural hmm. natural remedies, herbal supplements and stuff about efficacy so that'd be good Fantastic. to see mm. yeah and but, you again, know, frankly i mean how many times do we have to do this right the uk have done it the australians yeah. have done it yeah you really don't need to keep doing this the yeah. evidence yeah. is all there just this read those damn was, reports sure. and then enact them right this I, is what i was going to say as well in ray my comment before about the asteroid mining this is one of those cases where if it does happen in the uk and then maybe even in the us it's an impetus for other governments to also do similar action yeah, as well. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. Um, I did see a video online yesterday, um, an interview in the UK between um, Michael Marshall, who's of the Good Thinking Society, mm-hmm. um, and they also had a doctor on who prescribes homeopathic medicine. And okay. the doctor's claims were that it was unanimous that all these studies say that when you integrate homeopathy with um, conventional medicine, the outcomes are better. <laughs> and, and yeah, so that, that seemed like a fairly, fairly strong claim. Hmm. And people can still buy it over the counter and privately. It's, so it only applies to doctors. Y- yeah. And a doctor could still say why don't you go and try some homeopathy, but they just can't prescribe it? Or is that a bit dodgy, maybe? I don't know. Hmm. Well, it would seem that ethically that 
they shouldn't be able shouldn't to do be that. A, yeah. yeah okay fantastic good news hmm. yay um okay so pub talk section um i don't know nothing interesting happening recently anyone got anything you want to <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay so paris I just, Paris I just happened. have to state that actually I was impressed that you had heard of Paris, not only the city but also that actually something had happened there yesterday. Yes. It was, it yep. was all over Facebook. So That's why you can't why. really avoid it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. People so, have changed their profile pictures to be red, white, and blue. I see. I, I just. You don't like? You don't think so? Yeah. Well, what's the point? Well, yeah. okay. Well, so the, no. Okay. So what does it so, say? Do you know? Says, so there were I, a couple of other things that happened in the last few days too. Okay. Did you know about those? Fill me in on all the things because I haven't actually got the specifics of the Paris thing either. All I know is some sort of terrorist attack. Yes. Okay. There was another dead. terrorist there's, attack. There's been in the last another two. So there's been one in Beirut. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one was in. No, don't ask oh, me because I. Where was the other one? Did um, someone say something about Lebanon? Is that a place? Or Syria? Uh, I feel like I've seen names anyway. being oh, thrown maybe, around. Maybe it was Baghdad. There's, there's basically been a whole heap. Lots of people have died all around the place. Anyway, um, so Paris, according to the most recent news, is that there were three coordinated teams of gunmen, um, 129 dead and 200, sorry, 352 injured. Uh, was it at least five, no, six sites? Um, so coordinated attacks they basically all happened at the same time so we're places. thinking that they are re related to each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're yeah. definitely related okay <laughs> yep. oh, yeah oh whether the other ones are related the the, the Beirut. Beirut and um, and it just just to inform you Nathan Beirut is the capital of Lebanon right okay <laughs> thank you Oh, shit, I need to go and find out where this other stuff was. Anyway, so um, an ISIS, or ISIL, yes. I'm not sure which is the... The Islamic State have claimed responsibility for right. this. So, what should we do about this? Well, the one of the things that's been, been floating around is the whole hashtag pray for Paris. Right. And the atheists and humanists and secular whatever saying well let's not pray for Paris why don't we eliminate religion altogether and then we wouldn't have these sorts of problems probably so much okay um and Susie's disdain at people changing their profile, uh, pictures. profile pictures to red white and blue and is that effectively the same thing um or lighting, no, up, partly, lighting up your sky tower it red, was white partly and blue. I guess it was partly a um so if the you know if Lebanon was the day before so what why 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 paris i mean i know why paris right but why paris oh. and not why you're not why asking not? me because i don't know well it's because it's a western country oh, yeah. okay. it's just in general, lebanon yeah. is like okay. one of those places that nobody cares about if you're if you're in the okay if you live in the west so right. lebanon is, was at least 41 people in two suicide bombings um, no, and... people people die in Lebanon all the time, but people don't die in Paris all the time. From well, I'm sure they terrorism. do, but not from sure from terrorism. <laughs> Paris is not this sort of vast place where everybody's aging and not, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not, not people dying. consider that Paris is a safe place to go. And... Sure, from terrorism and so forth. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. So I guess the I guess my point is. This is not the only place, right? But the, the but fact somehow that the these Paris get, has the, been in the news rather than more, these other ones. 
they get more press because they're closer to us both ideologically and yeah it mm. kind of feels you know is it also though a side effect of i forget what the effect is called but when you go to a farm and it smells like poo and then after a few minutes you don't notice it anymore there's places that you're talking about these are people that are constantly under attack constantly being killed and thousands of people every day and so forth mm-hmm. i don't know how many but you know whereas the paris is an anomaly and that brings it to our attention more so than the places where it's like oh well it's just another attack yet another in a long string of tragedies yeah but they're all related to the same thing yeah so and you're saying that they should be promoting the fact that it was three attacks rather than just well the one. So no, no, no. no what I mean, Susie's saying is that we should care about the other. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying we should. We, that we should be changing the, the. You know, we should be changing the color of the sky tower to whatever colors Miwas Lebanon's flag. You know, so you don't even care, do you? Well, I think I think she does do, but but Lebanon. Well, she couldn't off the top of her head say what the colors of the flag are. Sure. But that also kind of proves the point that we've that, that it is more relevant. Green, to us red, and white. Because we know Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we didn't change because we were we were celebrating Christmas early, which is a great taboo. Is this is this the actual flag? Because as soon as you said Christmas, it has a Christmas tree on it. It has a Christmas tree on it. <laughs> wow. Okay, I did not know that. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, my my point is just that, you know, that over the last few days there have been quite a few things that have happened, and Paris is the thing that has obviously got everybody's attention, attention, our attention. Um, And this is partly to do with who gives us our news. Yes. Stuff like that. I mean, it was fascinating yesterday, I guess because of the time difference, right? And most of Europe was going to bed when it all happened, mm, when, yeah. whereas we were all getting up for the day. And so I was kind of much to the disgust of my family. I was quite hooked on Twitter for most of the morning because it was happening at the time. You know, the yeah. police were storming the the nightclub. Um, it was just like, wow, what's going on? What was also really interesting about... So social media is kind of changing the stuff, right? And then there yeah. were people going, oh, well... And, you know, and then the hashtag start and, you know, again, there was the hashtag that was basically for people who were opening their homes up to people who were kind of now stranded in Paris and, mm. you know, because the metros were stopped and all this kind of stuff. So you can see the sort of power of it for that. And sending here are all of the uh, embassy's numbers, even though apparently ours was wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, things like Facebook bringing, uh, having this thing that they've had and never enacted. A safe thing. Yeah. Again, but so so for Paris, but they've done that else. before. This is not a new thing for oh, just I now. I heard it was kind of a new thing. Oh. I thought I'm sure I've seen it before. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Well, maybe well, I've seen it, it as a concept be, before. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's probably a relatively um, new feature. But yeah. you know, but but then also because of how amazing things like twitter and stuff are how quickly other stuff started happening so they so they started being some photographs of one of the um camps well not really a camp one of the places in um calais that are where basically people are kind of congregating before trying to get through to the uk apparently that was a blaze so you know now suddenly there's a retaliation on uh people and uh, and so people are now spreading these messages. It's like, oh my God, suddenly now that there's something happening in Calais, 
um, and that actually turned out to be photographs of the place on fire, but from a different time or something. Right. Uh, so it was also kind of it was a real opportunity for stuff to be right. Sp- misinformation to be yeah, spread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Misinformation uh, on the internet? No. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, although you know, why would somebody do that? It's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, so what is the solution for this? How do we how do we stop people from doing this sort of thing? I think maybe you've fundamentally misunderstood the point of our pub talk segment there, Craig. We're <laughs> <laughs> not what trying to find solutions. Solution? We're trying to uh, talk about it and create more questions and then move mm. on to the next thing. Well, <laughs> So the other, the other issue that's arising, or seems to be from what I've been reading, is the anti-Muslim versus anti-Islam mm. debate or, or reaction, where some people are just saying, well, Muslims, let's... Stop taking refugees oh, and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. So, how do you distinguish between anti-Muslim and anti-Islam? Because the same way I distinguish between anti-Christian and anti-Christianity. Right. Okay. Muslims are the people that believe that are, in the tenets of Islam and yeah, identify themselves right. as Muslim. Okay. Islam is the religion that teaches people that infidels should be murdered, and it's okay to marry nine-year-old girls. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think that everybody would agree that that's the main teachings of Islam. I didn't say it was the main teachings. I said <laughs> it was among, among the many varied teachings of Islam are... I think the uh, the worry I also have is that this this is this is going to be so bad. The aftermath of this are gonna, is going to be so bad because Europe is already in, in utter crisis about what to do with all of the refugees that are ah, flooding in, right? right? Yes. It's creating it a huge amount of anti, you know, anti immigration yeah. stuff. Yeah. The so one of the reports that I have seen, and I don't know whether this is true, was that one of the passports found by some body bits. Uh, of which they're suggesting it was with one of the bombers uh, was of a Syrian who had come through Greece as a refugee. Right. So the worry, the worry is that you know, I mean, the pe- people are fleeing all of this stuff, and attacks like this, you know, I mean, it, they just fuel the hysteria. And, and fear that people have for anybody who's different yeah. and that they're going to make what is already in, in Europe a very tense situation where you've got the people you would consider decent people who are just completely stupid about, you know, about their worry about about immigrants. refugees and yeah. immigrants. Yeah. And um, and this is, just, this is so not going to help, um, which, of course, is part of the point, I guess. Mm. Um, but it's kind of sad then this, the... the the uh, mixing up the people who are fleeing from these kinds of, you know, from from all of this, uh, being muddled up with the people who are, uh, what's the word I'm looking sure. for, doing the atrocities. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. The terrorists. The terrorists. Compared to the people who yeah. just the ordinary people who want to get away yeah. with it. Yeah. Away yeah. From it. Yeah. But also, yeah, I mean, it's just, gosh, what a different world we live in. You know, what the... Though you know those Privilege. events, no, but also those events. You know when when America was attacked, attacked. Gosh, all those years ago now. What a different world we live in now. Oh right. Because of those things, mm. right? <clears throat> you know that we have to take our shoes off of, at airports. Well, no, but the, because of foreign policy around the world and in and interfering 
whether it was good or bad, I mean, it seems to be that you only interfere in the in the in the um, countries that you know that you actually that have some benefit to you, like they have oil or they you know right. you don't you don't yeah. you don't interfere in the regimes that maybe that have as bad as human rights uh, records if they are actually your pals, right? Sure. So all of those kinds of things are just breeding this whole generation of people who just don't don't care and don't you know it, it actually reminds me a lot of south africa mm-hmm. so living in south africa during apartheid years right there there the, there was a big a move by people like winnie mandela that to burn schools um because the what the the slogan was liberation now education later right they didn't care about going to school they wanted freedom and, and you know and and equal rights the vote <laughs> a government various things like that um and to the extent that vi- and violence was the way to get it mm. right and things could have been so different had nelson mandela not when he come out, came out of prison you know said that actually this is not the way we are going to resolve this violence is not the way that we're going to resolve this that you kind of wipe the slate clean and start again and and start from a different position and it's just really it's just really sad that that we can't deal with other crises in a different way that it all has to be through force and my point is that it's breeding that it is resulting in a generation of people who do not care about this the value of human life who would really rather kill lots of people because that will further their cause you know, and uh, yeah, that and doesn't just... further their cause. <clears throat> what? Well, I don't. They're certainly not winning any friends. But nothing's changing, right? I mean, no. there's, the, the 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 thing that's not changing is the demands by people like us on our governments that they change their foreign policy, mm. that they don't behave. You know, if they're gonna if they're gonna interfere in countries, well, they do it kind of a blanket. So, so bloody well invade Saudi Arabia, then you know they're. Their human rights abuses are terrible. They've mm. probably got weapons sure. of mass destruction. But no, 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 they're our pals. And also, I mean, France and, and the UK... And they produce Right, exactly. But also, France and the UK, I mean, they are, they're also arming everybody because, you know, making weapons is one of their big industries. And it's right. just so fucking hypocritical. Yeah. Am I making that, any sense? Is that what these terrorists particularly are, are after, though? Or are they the, the extreme Islamists they, who want... Sharia law. Yeah, but no. I, so, so well, I think it's all very confused, right? I mean, there's yeah. there's very clearly also a lot of the stuff is bred because of the actions that were taken, and who was removed from power and who was, you know, it's 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 not just a case. I mean, why have so you're these saying things... it's partially our fault because we thought we were helping and we got rid of the wrong people and other people well, popped well, in. Well, when and... you when you when you see though the like the press release from. ISIS about why they did it. They're talking about infidels and and promiscuity and all that sort of stuff. So they're, yeah, they're making points stuff... that are kind of religious moral yeah, points but, but... to say as to why they did this. Right. But this kind of stuff is has grown over the last 10, 15 years because of power vacuums that have been created. You know, there's, mm, it's yeah, it's. Kind of, I mean, it's kind of complicated, right? Why, oh, sure why all these well, things have happened? But it's, it's not, like it's we've... not as a not, it's not, 
it's not unrelated. Yeah, it's like we kept the hornet's nest. Right. And and, and then you and then you're surprised some hornets come out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There are a lot of pissed off people because of yeah. what uh, the West has done to yeah. try and solve problems. Right. Which, which wasn't actually it wasn't solved. It was to ensure. Yeah. Ensure our supply, supply of oil. Of oil. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yeah. Uh, but anyway, what is the long-term solution to this? Is is to get nuke people them. to nuke everybody? <laughs> nuke Just start again. Well, to get people to respect the value of human life. Yes. Surely that's <laughs> educating everybody. No, I think I'm with so Susie. Then. This is nuke, <laughs> nuke, nuke people. <laughs> oh, what's that? Um, it's that UK TV series. It was extremely <laughs> you can it down a bit now. <laughs> extremely violent and and bloody, and it was absolutely hilarious and very well done. Wasn't it wasn't supposed to be hilarious, but it was it was very Plot. entertaining. Uh, ah. Set in what era? Yeah. How long ago was this? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Comes out. What was the name of it? Shut up! I'm looking it up. <laughs> anyway, so what are you searching for to look it up? There's an actor in it that's in another show. UK no, TV name series. Show. Extremely violent. Find the name of that actor and then find the shows right. he's been in. Nathan Stewart Jarrett, who has also been in uh, Utopia. Utopia is that the name of the TV the show. The TV show. Never heard yeah. of it. It's very, very good. You should watch it. Um, it's only a couple of a couple of seasons. Yes, series. Right. If you prefer. Um but you're right. So but anyway, okay. the, the main plot of that was they found out that there was a secret organization that was planning to sterilize everybody, mm-hmm. all the humans, um, because they basically came down on Susie's side of the argument that <laughs> humans are a bad thing. Let's <laughs> get rid of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But, but I so don't, maybe I we don't need know. a global flood. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. What do? What? Because the thing is, it's being. You know the, the yes, you have religious fanatics of every type, yes. right? Uh, who are pushing their agenda, but their strings are being pulled by people who don't give a shit about religion, who give a shit about power. Yeah, and that goes Some for every of them level. Possibly it, do though. Yeah. I wouldn't say make a blanket statement necessarily. Probably some of the people that are in charge do actually want their religious yeah, but they also agenda. want to be in charge. Oh, sure. Yeah, also. Right. And it's. But I'm not saying. That if religion went away, humans would start being. No, nice. I mean, yes. But well, I, mean, I exactly. think that religion, Bloody Dawkins is a good example of that, right? I still think that religion inherently is a bad thing, and that it does encourage, if not directly cause, did this you, sort of behaviour. Did you see the story from last week? I talked about this on the radio. Where was it? Oh, did you? Oh, um, I listened to you on the radio. Oh God! About the uh, maybe it was a couple of weeks before um, the study that showed that if religious children, children were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> were, right. were they, less um, altruistic. Than... I think they talked about that on. No, they didn't talk about it on the podcast. Uh, Skeptic Sky had an article oh, about it. I think it. it was basically yeah. bullshit, wasn't it? The article or the study? No, the study was pretty. The. The effect size was small, right? But it was a big, it was a fairly big study, right? Um, oh, I thought no, it was okay. I'm sure someone, someone, I felt like someone debunked it. Oh, okay. Um, or at least, okay. anyway, maybe, yeah. what has this got to do, Paris? No, it's just got to do with his um, oh, claims about religion. Rid of religion. Anyway. Well, I think there's just too many people in the world, too few resources, well, and um, 
religion has a lot so to do with So ISIS says attacks were for were retaliation for France's bombing of Syria. And Syria, of course, is is partly regi- about regime, but also partly about climate change. Hmm. And, you know, changes of people moving around because of uh, right. droughts and various things. Yeah. And this is going to get worse. So, so the impact of that... The impact of climate change and stuff is going to make is going to make these things even worse. Yeah. And you know, and again, the kind of flood of refugees everywhere, and and migrants of other types, and it just feels like we're doing nothing. You know, the I, it's going to be really interesting to see what the response to this is, right? Because it's probably going to be military. It's probably right. going to be let's just go and bomb the fuck out of some people over Retaliatory there. Retaliatory, yeah, yeah, rather than do you know what? Shit, there's a whole heap of stuff here we need to deal with. We need mm. to deal with the way that we respond to crises. We need to deal with what's going to happen over the next fifty years as all of these things that are some of the root causes of some problems in some mm. countries are going to get worse. And I can't instead, help it's just going to be we're just going to make more arms and we're going to bomb some sure. people. I can't help but think the underlying solution to most of these sorts of problems is just access to information. If they had <sighs> money and internet, so it'd inequality, less like yeah, sure, yeah, inequality, education, and information, and I don't know. Listen yeah. to anti-religion podcasts. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying. How I don't think there's any how. good solutions for for this that aren't going to have unintended consequences. That mm. yeah, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, maybe. You're... Anyway, we've taken up loads of time with that, and we need to move on to the next thing. Right, who's he on? Um, if anyone has any thoughts about that, feel free to send us a message or an email. And New Zealand, bar bar amber be amber teething beads. Given a warning, far bar is in the noise a lamb makes. Yes. Um, so this, the only reason this is in uh, is to to give a shout out to uh, Mark Hanna and all the others at the Society for Science Based Healthcare and what mm. an amazing job they have done because they made a complaint against bar bar amber teething beads to the Advertising Standards Authority back in 2013, I think. The complaint was upheld. Um, but the company refused to comply with the decision. So the society have worked with the ASA to escalate their complaint to the Commerce Commission, which basically is allowed under the Fair Trading Act to, well, it's it's illegal under the Fair Trading Act for businesses to make claims um, if they can't back them up. And Baba Beads claim that, you know, their amber teething beads can basically stop teething pain. Um, And so when they were asked for scientific proof, they've basically been told, traditional use like yeah. I said traditional use um and so it's really cool that they that that the um society took it further what's disappointing about the response is that the commerce commission have chosen to let them off with a warning providing they change their website they could have fined them and various things and they should have done but anyway. right but it's just you know this the skeptical activism works yeah we just it would be nice if it worked a bit if if the people who have the power like they can fine or they can it would be nice if they did that but anyway yeah. well done to all of the wonderful skeptical activists who are doing their bit. yeah well there, there was an article um recently about that and there was some comment made by a midwife um 
saying that all the mothers in Ponsonby were had had used teething amber teething beads because it was the trendy thing to do. And the midwife made this comment about how um, she was sick of having of there having to be scientific double blind placebo controlled studies to prove everything. Oh, bloody hell! <laughs> yeah. That's not helping. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we've talked about these before as well on the podcast. I think we mentioned amber teething beads. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're basically beads, a bead necklace you put around your child's neck, and you know, I mean, that's that's like stupid. Don't do Amazing. that. Although they did yeah. say when we, so I remember talking about it that they were, they had a quick release catch or something. They were designed to break a bit. Even that's got to have a failure percent. Anyway, mm. moving on to something else. Right. So good job, so, you guys. Keep going. And it's quite a big thing right now. There's a lot of people doing a lot of complaints. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. So good job, everybody down there and around. We appreciate it. Um, so, TV3 weighs in on cervical cancer vaccine. Oh, Susie, God, I'm just going to go get this? my earplugs out. Hang on a second. <laughs> this is so disappointing. So um, 3D, who were three degrees, three degrees? Oh, uh, third degree. Third degree, sorry. Yeah. Um, TV3 kind of current, TV3 is one of TV3's current affair programs. Okay. They have done a piece called Cause or Coincidence, uh, and in which they basically interview four teenagers who started suffering really debilitating um, medical conditions, you know, pain, fatigue, all of these kinds of things. Um, soon after having had the Gardasil vaccine, which is the HPV vaccine against cervical cancer and various other things. Against cancers related to HPV, which are more than just cervical cancer. Uh, and it's certainly clear that these girls have got something wrong with them, right? They are really unwell. She said four. Yeah, four, four that they them. interviewed. Two, And then another, two, they spoke, I believe, spoke to the family of two girls who died. Okay. And... You know, so and then the whole thing is basically a twenty-minute. Yes, it was the you know interview with the girls, basically saying it was the vaccine that did it. So, you know, four to six anecdotes does not make a study, and in actual fact, out of like two hundred thousand New Zealand girls, no, but around the world there are millions and millions who have been vaccinated, and there was nothing about the incidence of these kinds of conditions in healthy young women. Who weren't yeah. vaccinated, which the, is basically the same. On the, on the TV3 website, there's one line that says it all. The scientists say it's safe, but some girls and their families have serious doubts. That's it. Well, who gives a fuck what they think? <laughs> yeah, when the science says it is safe and it is oh, not related God. to it, and that there are a percentage of healthy young women who get these kinds of things. Sure. And it isn't any different in all of the studies that have been done, which now include lots, you know, like, as I say, millions. Mm. Um, and so it's really, I was just, it was, I was even more sad because the reporter doing it, Paula Penfold, I've worked with on a couple of things before, and I really thought we were getting somewhere with your responsibility, you know, right. you know, I've had this discussion with her about things, yeah. about how they need to be responsible. Did you email her about this? I haven't, I, haven't, I just haven't had the heart to do it. I'm just so disappointed. 
Um, and what would be really sad is if Gardasil ends up going the way of the MMR vaccine, where you know money is going to be wasted yeah. trying to uh, find a link between this vaccine and these symptoms, oh. instead of trying to find out why these women... You know why this happens yeah, to healthy yeah, exactly. women too. Well, well, I think it, it is going to go the way of the MMR vaccine mm. in terms of reduced. Right, um, and re- and so now we'll see more deaths. usage of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and another thing that is so. I mean, it, it, that's why we have a vaccine to prevent these things. And yeah. now I'm yeah. sorry, I'm getting quite so. Sure. So, um, it's interesting to look at the Facebook comments on mm. fa- on the page. The oh dear. 3D. TV3 page and it is just filled up with anti-vaxxers there are people there from um, from Australia yeah and I would say right. well what the hell are you doing here they they are the people who are part of the um, the Australian AVN the, I'm gonna um, not look at it then I think but there are also people who are the parents of the teenage girls mm. who are featured in the story mm. who have set up this page set ah. up a page which is basically anti-gardasil vaccine yeah. and just it's just completely ridiculous and they take in they take any skeptical comments that people have made there have been some very good members of the New Zealand skeptics making comments on the page and they are taking any comments that those people make that are sort of soundly science based and interpreting it as personal attacks mm. saying oh you don't care about my child and so on yes <sighs> so obviously if you're a parent of one of these children then you're you're affected but that does not then give you the excuse to go and set up a, a thing to try and prevent other people mm. from getting the vaccine and spreading misinformation about it and, oh. yeah really 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 sad yeah so well, it's a whole bunch of really depressing stuff all in a row there <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I'll cheer you up a bit later. Okay, cool. Right. Shall we skip the ghost? Or no, we talk about the ghost? well, oh, well, we can talk about it. anyway. Well, quickly, quickly, there was okay. um, there was a story about um, two boarders at the troubled Turakina Maori Girls College, which is down in Martin, which is um, where I used to live close to, have been driven out of the school because of ghosts. <laughs> a ghost, particularly. Oh, a ghost. Yes. Um, this is a, a well. So this is a Maori girls' school, and there was a ghost known in Maori as a kehua, or kehua, K-E-H-U-A, um, which is said to take the shape of a man in a black cape and hat, and has been, been seen in the Borders Hostel. hostel. In the Borders Hostel. Yeah. And anyway, Might it so... Might just be a man in a... <laughs> that was my first thought. Black, it's like, like, um... Well, maybe it would be, but anyway, apparently um, th- this... Uh, the the um, parent of one of the um, young girls who um, has decided to leave is actually a teacher at another um, school and um, he was basically supporting her and saying that um, the site needs to be blessed and also needs consistent follow-up to ensure the girls are kept spiritually safe. God. Was uh, it the sighting of the ghosts at the hostel date back at least 20 years um, yeah, so I'm sure this is uh, all in the minds of the... It would uh, not return until the family was assured it was a safe environment. <laughs> we want you to guarantee that there are no ghosts in your school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. right. So you would so hope st- you would hope that the adults in the situation would actually apply some 
rationality to this. Well, of course they won't. Vain hope. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so maybe maybe the girls are under stress because they've got NCEA exams coming up, and that's kind of. Or a, maybe a man or somebody <laughs> in a cloak. Maybe there's a, a shadow or something, and or just the the matron of the dormitories walking <laughs> around at night, probably <laughs> in, in, in the shadows. Yeah. Anyway, anyway okay. so okay, that was relatively quick. Um. Yeah. So uh, just, Harry, just so yeah. we just to clarify, we're all in agreement here. Probably not a ghost. <laughs> I think we're all. Well, well, it's even been said apparently that um, when the school when the school land was purchased in 1927, it was blessed by Presbyterian and Ratana ministers. All said that there was no kehua on the site. There was no pa site there. There were no burial grounds. Therefore, it must be completely clear. There we go. <laughs> Fantastic. There can be no ghosts. Looks like they've just had nothing but constant blessings since yeah. year dot from the from the article. <laughs> there can't possibly be any ghosts. <laughs> All right, Delia's dubious device. I haven't even looked at this yet, and there's no description or anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm so so. Um, so this is in the wearable tech realm because <gasps> your suggestion of the fun funware or whatever it was, we've already done before. This was the stuff you can, the the um. The underwear oh, the that link basically links to, to your oh, phone. Oh, yeah, your, that's your, why I said it. It's yeah. the same, same as the other things we've done. We, we've done that one. Not that one, though. Yeah. It was just about the touch. Anyway, okay. Anyway. Cut it all out. Okay, today's dubious device is called Think. T-H-Y-N-C. If you say so. Think. 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 It comes from the wearable tech world, and it... According to their website, uses low energy waveforms to safely and comfortably signal nerves on your head and face. These nerves signal specific areas of the brain. Um, so they have two. One is called um, calm, I think, and the other one is called energy. energy. And so the idea is you uh, and you are operated obviously through an app on your phone. Okay, so it works through Bluetooth. You have a, a white sticky thing that you stick on your head um, and then you get two different um, pads I think they call them which connect to this thing which connect to different parts of your head one of them is the calm one and one of them is the energy one um, so these work like the TENS machine to basically send a pulse uh, of a particular frequency and that is supposed to stimulate um, parts of your uh, of your brain and um, they claim which is somewhat plausible Somewhat plausible. Um, what? So they have published some stuff. What? What? So what annoys me about this? I mean, they've got a, a whole heap of stuff on the web. People just going, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" So the idea is that you wear it for fifteen minutes or something, and if you want to be in the calm, in a calm zone, you wear it, the calm one, yeah. and you let it stimulate you for fifteen minutes, and then you can go off and be calm. And this is this is instead of meditating sure. and then the energy one is if you kind of need to feel a bit pumped up but you don't want caffeine or anything right. or drugs i guess so you, you have to wear a different one. device for that do you uh, it's the same little white or bit you that you stick to your head settings you, on no, your no, no no no, you, no it's, it's got to click it stimulates on. a different part oh, of your brain so right. one of them stimulates down the back and the other one stimulates down your down right. behind your ear so, so there's the main thing which is the kit yeah and then there's the and these pads basically stick onto you and then they're supposed to be reusable for a short period of time until they run out of stickiness and then you kind of need to replace them so the kit itself is like 300 bucks yeah american yeah, and then these, it'll years. be a you know you have to replace ongoing, these pads perfect yeah. business perfect perfect business yeah 
And they claim on their website that thousands of people have been, have tested their devices that work, you know, everybody's works fantastically. They've got just uber numbers of, oh my God, this is amazing. I felt really cool and stuff. Question is, does it actually work? And so the they have published a paper uh, in a journal um, and it's related to the calm one. So of all the thousands of people who used it, the trial is only about 20, uh, 10, I think it was, or 19, 10 in one group and nine in the other. Hmm. They did at least attempt to give it a proper placebo, so or a proper control where that um, apparently the device still tingles you but does it at a different frequency or something. So mm. it's not like you're just wearing this thing but nothing's happening. Because right. the point about these machines is you feel something. You yes. feel like you're being kind of buzzed, right? Yeah, right, okay. So you, so you will feel something. But there's also the expectation too. Right, exactly. Mm. So, mm. The, so the one that is uh, tested was the calm one. So there's nothing about the energy one. Um, but the calm one has been tested and what they did was they got people to um, um, fill out one of these um, kind of questionnaires that then has loads of different questions and then it kind of says uh, where you are in different subscales so whether you're whether you're anxious whether you're blah 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 Um, there I think there are some flaws with the experimental design there was a difference in the groups but it's a very, I mean, and it's statistically significant, mm. but it's a very small effect. And I'm not sure that actually would really mean that you weren't as anxious right. after having had this yeah. because it and was... And also you said 20 people. Yeah. So, so only, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Arabars are huge. Um, I just don't know where, you know, if they really tested on these all these thousands of people, where is the data? And, and, and it looks like it has been tested on a thousand people, but they all knew what they were getting. Mm, they all right. knew that they were trying it. Um, you know, I think I, mean, I don't know anything about study design or anything like that, but I think what I would probably do is I'd be testing this versus itself versus a placebo. So you give it to everybody, you know, a thousand people, mm. and they don't know whether they're getting the calm right, or exactly, the energy exactly, or yeah. the placebo. Yeah, and then what do they do? And then yeah. you tell us how you felt afterwards. Yeah, yeah, precisely. That that I think is the big thing that's missing. But the other thing, though, um, and so I did send this to um, a neuro friend of mine, um, Donna Rose Addis, who is, this is not her area at all, but I was just like, have a look at this. And her immediate response was, why are we getting people to buy things that are, you know, for 15 minutes will we'll kind of reduce your stress or something? Why are we not actually working on giving people ways to reduce their stress, right? This is not... This is not the way to do it. Yeah. And she worries that actually this is supposedly tap you know, I mean the way it's supposed to work is by tapping into these you know, these bits of our body that actually have a really important function. Mm. Like why are we screwing with those, yeah. right? They yeah. these have a job. Why are we gonna why are we screwing with those instead of teaching people or, or getting them to change their lifestyle mm. so that they don't have these well, stresses? It's trying to be a band aid technological solution yeah. to an underlying problem, which would be yes. better to address yeah. the underlying problem. Quite. Exactly. Um and it just, oh, I don't know, it makes you look a bit stupid. I'm surprised that they that this huge white thing on people's forehead isn't a bit of a turn Well, it would be much better with it as an implant, surely. Well, exactly. So that's that. Seems and pretty dubious. Mm. Move yep. on to yep. the end of the episode. So the word of the day, which we'll do really, really quickly, I have posted there. Xenoglossia. No, that's Zeno something to do with speaking in tongues, speaking foreign languages. It's a dictionary of, um, uh, it's a, 
Um, okay, so Zeno, yeah, so foreign or I guess um, that was a pretty good answer. What did you say? It's a, it's a. It's um, being able to speak in a foreign language that you've never learned. Okay, all right, and I'm going to say Maybe? it's a dictionary of those things. Zeno glossia. What do you think? <laughs> think about it and come back to us, Stephen. Glossia. Oh, okay. Stephen's got nothing. Okay. It's not about math, so he doesn't care. <laughs> Unfortunately, the audio dropped out just as I was winning the word of the day. We should go through this again because... New word of the day. Aww. <laughs> Yay. Well, we, we need to inform our listeners what the old word of the day was. Well, so one you already knew. Yeah. Craig already knew what it meant, so it didn't count anyway. It was xenoglossia. So xenoglossia, which is a person's knowledge of a language never studied. Yes. Um, which happens from time to time. So well, it doesn't happen. Well, uh, the phenomena yes. seems to Claimed phenomena, uh, anyway. claimed phenomena. So I got a point for that. Uh, half know. a point. <laughs> it was well, reduced to half a point because Nathan said it was cheating if I already knew what the word meant. But you didn't declare that you knew what the word meant. Right. Which case I could have switched to a different word, you see. Uh, okay. Anyway, shall we move on to the that's, quote? Okay, that's, that was the word of the day, everybody. Yay. Right. No okay. points for everybody, anybody. <laughs> and Craig, do the quote again. All right. This is from a French person by the name of Albert Camus. Or as Nathan said in English, Albert Camus. Indeed. An intellectual, yes, and never deny it. An intellectual is someone whose mind watches itself. I like this because I am happy to be both halves, the watcher and the watched. Can they be brought together? This is a practical question. We must get down to it. I despise intelligence. Really, this means I cannot bear my doubts. Albert, Albert Camus. That's the best bit. I despise intelligence really means I cannot bear my doubts. I yes. like that. Interesting. Okay. And that was the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. If you'd like to send us a message or ask questions, check out our Facebook page or send us a message using the contact form on our website, thecusp.org.nz. Hang on. Yes, we are recording. Right. <laughs> <coughs> the right you always do that. Do you what? always do that. As soon as he says we're recording, you cough. Yeah. It's like some kind my of throat. Oh, right. So okay. I'm not coughing or croaking when I'm talking. Does that you mean that you're not Does going that... to cough for the whole episode? Yeah. Sure. Right. I'm skeptical of that claim. Yes, me too. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the main section, which is news. And and what? Well, I'm just moving on. Well, yeah. Give me a chance. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Hasn't scrolled down on the agenda yet. <laughs> <laughs> what was that cough, Nathan? That was me coughing, so I wouldn't be coughing in front of the microphone while I'm talking. Right. Are you guys having any trouble with the internet? I keep being thrown off. No. Nope. Oh. Okay. All my torrents are working just fine. And <laughs> they better not. You better not bloody be doing anything. Jokes. Well, I don't trust you at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Is that is that why you came half an hour reason. early to basically download your More weeks load of time. stuff? And now it's throwing me off the damn internet. It's Probably working fine heard. for me too. New word of the day is hang on. Oh, I have to make it hard because the other one I had was too easy. <laughs> no, it just happened that I knew that. What no, meant. the other other one that oh, I had as oh, a pack right, up. Right. Xerography. 
<laughs> photocopying. Oh, okay. So you told you to be Sorry, I already knew that. Oh. Do I need to skip the X's? You already know all the X's. <laughs> no, not really.